Welcome everybody to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. And I am your co-host today, Kareem Anderson, joined by the world's greatest co-host, Earth Bacchus. Yeah, and uh, we're here with another week full of Microsoft news. Actually, some rather big news. <laughs> uh, yes, that's right. Windows Phone is coming back. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, but we do have some big news to go through, so we'll just start off the top with uh, some of the topics for today. Yeah, Microsoft made headlines because it spent $70 billion to purchase Activision. So we'll just run you through some of the uh, business behind the numbers and what this uh, acquisition could mean for Microsoft. Uh, for all of you uh, non-gamers, uh, we have Task Manager, stuff that involves Windows. Uh, looks like Microsoft <laughs> is trying to stay true to its idea of a UI overhaul. So uh, we have some uh, leaked images about what a potential overhaul of the task manager might look like. And then we also have a little bit about Windows Phone, perhaps, because our friends over at Windows Central, they were spotted running Andromeda OS on an old Lumia 950. So we'll just run through some of the things we learned from our friend Zach Bowden's his hands-on video with the long-dead Andromeda OS. Yeah, so and we'll be talking about those for a little bit. So that might take up most of the pod. Uh, we'll be rounding off the corner with a uh, fast recap, which uh, I think we all kind of love going through. And some of the topics we have are Microsoft joining TikTok, uh, the latest Skype Insider builds, uh, add two video feeds. Uh, we'll get into details about that. We'll talk about Xbox Game Pass crossing 25 million subscribers in light of uh, the new acquisition. And we'll be talking about uh, Windows third-party widgets coming to the Microsoft Store, potentially, to make sure your news and weather feed uh, actually has news and weather stuff you're interested in. And then we'll also get into week ahead at the end of the show. And we got a couple of new writers on board at on Microsoft. One of our writers, uh, Robert Collins, he's planning to write a little bit about uh, his favorite Minecraft games and retro Xbox games. So keep an eye out for that. And also I have more coming from the Surface Laptop SE. I was supposed to do it this week, but it ended up being a blockbuster week of news. So I got a little bit distracted, but promise you that is coming up in the week ahead. Speaking of blockbusters, let's get into the biggest news uh, of the week, which is Microsoft $70 billion roughly $70 billion purchase acquisition of Activision. The numbers have been tossed around. It's been anywhere between 67.5 to 70 billion. Um, and this is all cash, so we'll have a solid number soon. Uh, but yeah, Microsoft decided to up and just buy one <laughs> of the biggest game publishers in the industry uh, because, well, all of us were complaining about there are no games, there are no exclusives. Well, the fastest way around that is to buy the games, buy the exclusives. And that's exactly what Microsoft did. Um, we just, again, we don't have all the details of the deal because uh, you know, it's still wet on this. But uh, from what we can tell, Microsoft will be purchasing Activision Blizzard, I believe is the full title of it, yeah. uh, and all of the publishers and studios that come along with that. Uh, in the uh, ensuing days after the initial announcement, we find out that the CEO, which uh, I'm drawing a blank for the name, will actually be leaving the company uh, you know, sometime in the near future. Uh, I think he'll be leaving with about $350 million as kind of a departing gift, uh, to which it's questionable if he deserves that. We won't get into the ethics about it, but uh, with this purchase, Microsoft is also buying a lot of controversy that's kind of arisen around the studio over the last two or three years. I don't know if you know anything about it, if you want to kind of speak on it. 
I I don't really follow Activision much, and all I know is that they just are responsible for developing Call of Duty, which is what people were really concerned about here. They're like, oh, is Call of Duty going to become an Xbox exclusive? That was what seemed to be the consensus on Twitter after the announcement of the Microsoft acquisition. But as it's gone in the past, when when Microsoft acquired Bethesda, (laughs) they were committed to keeping the games cross-platform and keeping the games on PlayStation as well as Xbox. So that that was my main concern there. I was like, hmm, are they just going to make everything Xbox, Xbox exclusive now? But judging off of the past and judging off of what everyone has said... Uh, it looks it's looking as though they'll st- still keep Activision independent and it won't be a massive takeover where everything just heads to Xbox. Uh, yeah, um, you know, just give some context around uh, this entire deal. Uh, you said that Call of Duty, which is their one of their biggest uh, earners uh, for the studio, I believe they say they could bring in somewhere between uh, 500 million. Or, yeah, I think it's. What is it? Uh, two million or somewhere between two million and five million or something like that a day just from transactions right, yeah. uh, from uh, in-game app purchases and whatnot. Uh, but you know the studio uh, or the company itself uh, does also produce Diablo, World of Warcraft, and Overwatch. As some of the other bigger titles, uh, there are some uh, petitions already going around for Microsoft to revive some of their other bigger title or some of their lost titles, like Hero, uh, because you know what would be awesome more awesome than knowing that you could purchase a surface level uh, guitar, you know, since Manos <laughs> is kind of making devices and hardware over at uh, Microsoft. You start handing him all of the accessories, game accessories. We might even get a, a surface like connect that comes back with devices. Who knows? Um, the other things around this deal, like I said, I kind of briefly mentioned some of the controversy, uh, which is going uh, again, Microsoft's going to have to deal with. Uh, I think part of giving um, the CEO his kind of golden parachute is addressing some of that. Uh, there are unionization efforts being talked about within uh, Blizzard. There is a sexual harassment uh, that has apparently you know, caught the eye of like the LA Times and a bunch of other publications. Uh, there are suits against stuff like that. So Microsoft is going to not only uh, dance around um, this, the FTCs, a review of this because I think they even came out and saying right after the deal was made that they're changing the rules on large acquisitions. So if they get around the approval of the FTC, which I think they probably should for the most part, um, they will still now have to deal with all the legal consequences. And I believe uh, the state of California is also suing uh, the company. So it'll be interesting to see how Phil Spencer deals with that. Uh, in regards to the FTC stuff, uh, like we said, uh, they are changing the rules about large acquisitions, but because Microsoft is still, you know, as much as people kind of harken back to the old early 2000s of antitrust uh, lawsuits and they kind of always stamp Microsoft with that, that uh, monopolistic, uh, you know, overbearing uh, big company kind of uh, motto, it is no longer, it is not that big in the gaming industry. They may be one of two big names, but they still, they still trail behind Nintendo. Uh, I believe China is, has uh, Tencent. T- Tencent, yeah. and that they're much larger. So they kind of point to these kind of things as saying, like, hey, this is why the deal should go through. And now that they have Sony also backing them, coming out and confirming that they believe that their contracts will still hold as far as stuff like multi-plats for Call of Duty and the other games like that, um, it seems like it should pass uh, relatively. And they may have to uh, get rid of a few things here and there, but the deal in, in large should 
you know, still holds. So it'll be interesting to see how Microsoft pivots this to Game Pass, because this is probably the biggest thing, yep. uh, aside from just getting the, the, the games on the console. This is how Microsoft uh, will build that Game Pass. And this is all, I mean, uh, I presume that Sony kind of saw this coming when they announced that they're going to be coming up with their own version of this. Um, because, again, when you have day-in-day releases of stuff like Call of Duty on Game Pass, where people don't necessarily have to go out and spend 80 to 90 to 100 bucks to get deluxe versions of these things. They can just pay, you know, everyone be warned, this will make the, in, this will increase the price of Game Pass. Just know that <laughs> off the bat. So all of you who are going to complain a year from now that Game Pass went from, you know, 14 bucks to 19 bucks, this is why, okay? So you said it first. It. Mark it here. You said it first. Exactly. Uh, Microsoft will increase the price. Just be prepared. I, I'm hoping that it's reasonable. I'm hoping it stays under 20 bucks for for a lot of people because uh, you know we don't all have a lot of money. But it will it will increase, and it's because you're going to be getting stuff like Call of Duty, and you'll be able to stream it on an Xbox. Uh, you know, their mobile version of the game is really good. So who knows if that ends up becoming the XCloud version of things? You know, you're be, we're, we're going to be getting a lot of stuff from Microsoft, and I just hope that. Phil continues to, you know, be the great arbiter that he has been so far for this kind of stuff. So now also what's new is uh, apparently hidden is our second topic is a beautiful new task manager app is hidden away in the latest Windows Insider build. Now, this is something that a lot of people have wanted for quite a while. And it seems like Microsoft is going for some consistency in Windows 11. They've updated the Paint app. They've updated Notepad. They've updated a lot of the core apps in Windows 11 itself. But one thing that's been basically the same since Windows 8.1, it was just last week when we were talking about volume sliders being left over from Windows 8. Well, the task manager is also left over from Windows 8. But they could be possibly working on a new redesign of the task manager because our someone over on Twitter, his name is Firecube Studios, he did a little bit of tweaking on the latest Windows 11 dev channel build, and he found a new task manager app, and it's not completely working because you need to do some tweaking to find it, and obviously we don't recommend you go digging through Windows 11 to find the app yourself, but we'll have some screen grabs up for you up on the uh, feed here, and it looks like a pretty nice task manager app. It's heavily based on Windows 11's new design elements, Uh when UI design components with mica effects and a sidebar instead of that uh, classic tab interface. There's also previews of your CPU, GPU, memory, disk, and network usage up along the top. And there's even a new settings toggle to go between light mode and dark mode, which is something that a lot of people have complained about, about the inconsistency of Windows 11 and those legacy components not properly being a theme towards the light mode setting or the dark mode setting. So those those are just a couple of the new stuff that people have spotted in the new Task Manager app, which is not yet available and not yet announced. It's just in a quote-unquote secret state for now. Yeah, I mean, aside from the $70, $70 billion acquisition, this is actually probably bigger <laughs> news for most of you guys because as much as you might game, I'm sure you're wandering into the Task Manager at least once or twice a day. Yep. I know I am on Windows, and as much as Windows has improved, I find myself in there you know, and it's not necessarily Windows, it's applications. You know, I run stuff like Premiere and Photoshop, stuff like that. And sometimes they hang, and so I have to go in the task manager and clear it out. Uh, what I'm hoping for, and like you said, it's 
it's great that they've updated it. And I believe that most of the UI elements are coming from like Windows 7, really. Yeah. And all they really did when Windows 8 was flatten it, kind of uh, took the arrow off of it, took the, the glass off of it and flattened it a little bit. Most of it's kept in place. What they seem to be doing with this one is actually going in and adjusting a lot of the finer detail in that. If if this is to be uh, redu- re- uh, released, because again, you know, just because it's in Windows doesn't mean that uh, they are going to ever release it. We're hoping that they do because it looks <coughs> great. Cough, cough, Windows sucks. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, that's still floating around in there somewhere, taking up code and eating up megabytes of storage. So who knows? Uh, the other thing I'm hoping that they do is that they introduce it to uh, the quick setting menu down at the bottom. Because again, like I said, I um, go into Task Manager a lot uh, for people who you know necessarily need accessibility, may not use keyboards. Being able to use your finger or a mouse to get into the task manager from, you know, what we have down here where it's like, you know, your battery percentage, your volume. If you can toss that in there somewhere down there at the bottom, I know it might get a little cluttered, but it could help people. Uh, again, I guess that for people who don't have access to a keyboard who are using uh, a, t- a touch-only interface instead of having to go all the way into a bunch of different subsettings, toss that in there, especially with the new UI, uh, and make it accessible to more people. Uh, you know, people just want to be able to uh, take care of their apps, know what's being used, and, you know, maybe find out startup apps. There are a ton of stuff that when you buy uh, a PC that isn't a Surface, you don't get the clean Windows build. You might have a ton of bloatware that starts up, like McAfee or some other things like that that the task manager helps you identify, shut down, and stop uh, from your startup. So I'm hoping all that functionality comes in, because this is what Microsoft does. They'll, they introduce something. And it looks great, but it's super bare minimum, <coughs> male. <laughs> and then they have to build in all the functionality afterwards. And that's the annoying part, that's the waiting part. The people are like, why did you take something that had full functionality, strip it down, and then bring me something new? So hopefully this stays broken until all that functionality comes with it. And they can just open it up at once and know that, hey, everything that I had before is still there and it looks better. Speaking of things that were there before, what was there before at Microsoft was a project called Andromeda OS. You guys might remember it because this was the big deal before Windows 10X and before Windows 11 were even a thing. We thought that this would be the next-gen version of Windows for dual-screen devices or even dual-screen phones. But Microsoft killed off the project last minute and switched to using Android for the Surface Duo. But the folks at Windows Central, they obtained an early copy of the now-canceled Andromeda OS, and Zach Bowden managed to put out a video of it running on a Lumia 950, in a, and he went hands-on with it. And I'll let you speak for it about what, what, you, what we noticed in his hands-on video. Yeah, uh, my first question, having watched it, was why? But <laughs> beyond that, uh, he does he does do two case scenarios, use case scenarios, one in a single phone mode, uh, but they're both done on the Lumia 950, I believe. Uh, what he does is he kind of walks through the UI. Uh, and again, we have to keep in mind that uh, this was introduced in 2018, I believe, yeah. or at least, at least it was meant to be, come out around that time. So a lot of the stuff that we're seeing, that we see in just smartphones in general, like uh, UI navigations, seem like no-brainers, but... At the time, it was revolutionary to see uh, just gesture-based UI. So he shows that the, the gestures in it, which are very similar to kind of what we have in Android now, where it's swipe up to uh, pull up, you know, your notification or to pull up uh, your app list versus uh, the back button. I think it is, but you can, you know, kind of move between apps side to side. Uh, that 
it's very much uh, a lot of the elements that they've built into the Surface Duo now. And I think that's what he also shows in his second use, canary, use case scenario when he had the Lumina 50 with the split screen uh, mm-hmm. right in the middle. It's in, it's in a, a, vertical land, a vertical orientation, but there's a line right down the middle that kind of shows you uh, how uh, apps operated. Now, the one difference between what we kind of have, most of this, I'd say about 80% of it's built into the Microsoft launcher on the Duo. So we got a lot of it uh, already. So it's not much to miss there. But one of the things he does note is that uh, app placing, you know, if you have two apps on the screen and you move one over, uh, in Andromeda, it, they switch. They automatically switch versus being covered up like the Duo the Duo. Now, as far as functionality is concerned, I think the Duo does it correct because you don't necessarily just want to, why would you want to switch screens of the same layout and format you have versus putting new information to one side? Uh, you know, So if you have like, uh, say you're OneNote open and uh, you're copying URLs from an article and you want to open up a second article on that screen, instead of moving it over and having you know OneNote switch here and and, uh, and uh, the article go to this side, which again, you already had it open. Instead, you're able to put OneNote on top of what well, I mean, the article on top of this one, open up a second one and then move it back when you're ready. So I think, I think it actually does better in this orientation. And I know Windows Phone fans, they, they don't like to let go of things. And seeing it in that rough of a shape, it made me wonder, even if they were ma- they managed to get it polished, people would complain about it left and right and say that it's not ready for anything, just like right what they're saying right now about the Duo and about how the software isn't ready. Yeah, it's very much uh, a work in progress and a very rough work in progress. Part of the reason why it was canceled, actually, was because they were missing deadlines. And exactly, Zach admits, yeah. admits this as well. So uh, put that on top of the fact that there's still no solution for the app gap that would have existed. Uh, because, again, what... It's a Windows the, device, yeah. Yeah, one of the smart things the deal got right, you know, all the things that it might have failed at, was Android, uh, you know, because it gives it access, it gives everyone access to the apps that they are currently using. Uh, and in 2018, Android was still a very dominant player, and everyone needed the apps there, and the ecosystem was still growing. Where as Windows Phone, the ecosystem had already kind of pittered out. We were starting to lose a ton of apps uh, every day. We we were here at the at, at, on Microsoft writing about you know losing, you know Flipboard and losing you know uh, even here Maps stuff like that. We were just losing apps. So you know with as much as the nostalgia you might have for Windows Phone and all the UI of it, you know, there's still no way of getting around that. The other thing that they had, and I thought was the biggest thing, is that they had the the start menu from Windows 10 on, on it. Phone. Yeah, yeah. Which, and you could even you know, drag around and pin apps. Which is kind of cool, I guess, but I it was it was positioned the same way that it is on Windows 10. So it's two-thirds of the screen, not the full layout like you would have had on uh, a traditional yeah. Windows phone, which is again meant for quick finger gestured and navigation so now you've again you've done what everyone tends to do with the windows phone and when they put windows on it it shrink the ui and make it a little more complicated there was no app drawer like we're kind of used to now or even you know used on windows 10 where you're able to see all your apps uh and you know i like we said it's cool it's a fun little project but i could see why it never really came out or came to fruition Right, and that gets us through all of our main topics, which means it's time for our fast recap. Yeah, uh, we'll start off with Microsoft joining TikTok. They are trying to become <laughs> a cool kid, I guess. Uh, I mean, I, I go to TikTok for funny videos, so if Microsoft has somebody in the social media team that's got uh, that's got a little bit of humor in in their bones somewhere, 
I'm all appreciative. Uh, I don't know if surface videos are going to, you know, surface commercials are going to do well on TikTok. So it'll be interesting to see how they navigate that platform in particular. Their first TikTok video actually made fun of the process of making TikTok videos. So there's that. They do have some sense of humor. All right, good. I'm I'm, I'm glad they at least know what the platform is for. So that that seems to be pretty good. That's a, they're off to a good start. And then our second topic in Fast Recap is Skype. Skype is not dead. We just talked about Windows Phone and Andromeda, which are both dead, but Skype is not dead. We are recording the podcast on Skype now, and Skype is going to get a set of a feature that might actually be useful for us. It's called the Twin Cam feature, which lets you scan a QR code and add your phone as a second camera to any call. So it's uh, they showed someone giving a piano lesson in their sample post, which announced it. So there's that uh, coming up in, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Right now, it's in the Insider program. So you can yeah, expect for everyone to have it in a couple of weeks. We're going to need to try it because I'm not going to lie to you folks. I'm using the Microsoft Modern uh, webcam, and it's great. But I do believe the, the camera on yeah. my Pixel might be even better. So you guys might get better quality video soon. We'll be, in four, uh, we'll be in 4K HDR. Yeah, I don't know if you really want that. Um, <laughs> we're also going to be talking about Game Pass, which has crossed 25 million subscribers in just this week, I believe, is what it was kind of the information was leaked or announced. And I don't know if this was kind of prepping everybody for the $70 billion acquisition. I think it this. was related. They carefully planned this. Yeah, it's interesting how careful Microsoft can be about some things and then leak a bunch of other things or, you know, drop, you know, timelines for for stuff. But this seemed to work just in conjunction with one another. And it's great to hear because, uh, again, I, I foresee, and I think we talked about this in the chat, that Microsoft is going to leverage this, this uh, Activision Blizzard deal to basically put pressure on Sony to allow Game Pass on the console, on the platform. Pretty much. So you expect to see these numbers increase. And what else? Uh, there's also something about Windows 11 and third-party widgets. I know you wrote about it. Yeah, we're, uh, Microsoft, uh, we, I don't know, for those of you who still have it, I've already gotten rid of my taskbar. And Windows <laughs> 11 comes built in with a news and weather widget, basically. It's a pane of information that kind of slides in from the uh, reader's left side of the screen. Uh, and it has a bunch of MSN-related news feeds and topics. And you can kind of go in and sort some things a little bit on your own uh, if you want to curate that. Uh, I know that our editor-in-chief just keeps getting bikini images even no matter how much he tries to edit it it just keeps getting pop culture and much of news he's uninterested in uh what people have kind of complained about for those who are still interested in keeping it in the dock is uh, is getting the ability to put widgets in there that pertain to the stuff that they want they want accessibility they want microsoft to open up that pane of information that that area of of, of uh, real estate to developers. And so we might be getting that soon. Microsoft might be getting third-party widgets that will be in that pane, and they'll be able to put them in through the Microsoft Store. Uh, there are some parameters. Uh, I think it's glanceable information, basically, nothing like a full app that will be able to uh, you'll be able to get from the store. So hopefully pretty soon you'll be able to maybe get your Twitter feed in there, um, some other news, some other, maybe your own, uh, Ac instead of using AccuWeather, I think is where they find it, you might get a, you know, pick whatever, you know, uh, weather app you want that you particularly care for, and some other stuff. So uh, we're going to keep an eye on this. We haven't seen anything in any builds yet. These are just uh, suggestions, I believe, and rumors. Rumors that it could be happening soon. There's code, but just like uh, the uh, uh, what was it, the task manager, it's hidden. And that said, we finished our fast recap in record time.
Yeah, sure. maybe you, you guys, you guys can tell us. Uh, and uh, it's time for a week ahead, which I'll let you get into. Yeah, well, I mean, this is mostly you. This is this is a reviewing of the Surface Laptop SE, which, uh, you know, like you mentioned last week, uh, you're going to be doing. And and I, I think you have on your Twitter a screenshot that kind of blew my hair back, which was you running Linux on there. So oh, yeah, see, yeah, yeah. To hear your this, notes on that. Uh, this didn't make Microsoft very happy, but they, <laughs> they, they did reach out to us at on Microsoft. And they I kept complaining that we don't have Intune configured properly and Microsoft was kind enough to provide me a sample Intune tenant so they basically they were able to provision the device for me just as a student would see it uh, if I was a student which I'm not anymore but they they provisioned the device for me with a student account and now I have access to Zoom and Chrome and a bunch of other education focused apps that I didn't have access to before. So I'm just planning to write about Laptop SE from the real student's perspective uh, next week. Yeah, it's uh, we should always keep in mind that uh, as much as we are consumers and we like certain things in certain ways that we're used to having them, uh, Microsoft's trying to do something different. So yeah. as far as you're saying provisions, uh, I think you mentioned last week that there are really no app. There's no way to access the, the app store. This is yourself, because yeah. yourself, because your admins is going to basically get a, a collection of apps that they need. Uh, I'm sure the teachers will tell them, faculty will say, well, these are the 13 apps we need, and they'll go in and provision each device to have them. Um, who knows? Maybe next year, when if Microsoft sees any uptick in this, and people are still, you know, needing to purchase these and keep them in their homes. Uh, they will allow these for customers with, you know, certain uh, stipulations, maybe a family account that allows someone who's over the age of, you know, 17 or 18 or whatever to go in and, and download apps. Uh, I think sort of like uh, Amazon does in their uh, in their tablets and their parental mode. So uh, just keep an eye on that. Uh, we also will be talking about, you know, we have, as you mentioned, we have new writers. So uh, we're going to be having, you know, they're filling out a bunch of you know, content for you guys, stuff on like how-tos editorials, obviously any of the late breaking news, and we expect a lot to be happening because again, it's January and everyone's back in the office, you know, virtually, you know, uh, and, you know, physically for Microsoft. So uh, we'll be, you know, catching up on builds, we'll be catching up on more acquisitions, more legalities, <laughs> things like that. It's it's going to be a busy month for Microsoft. And last but not least, we'll be talking about uh, retro Xbox games. Yeah, our, our writer is planning to put together a piece about his favorite Retro games for the Xbox 360. Yeah, and I think I, I presume we'll be having tons of gaming news for for quite a while now. Aside from the acquisition itself, just you know, stuff that people want to see Microsoft do, uh, how they handle uh, uh, the you know the the new acquisition. Uh, I predicted uh, also too that they were going to start moving, shuffling people around. So Obsidian, which I believe they got uh, a few last year, year before last, uh, they they promised some new titles, and guess what? Now Microsoft owns, not owns, but has a bunch of developers at their ready. So guys who work in Call of Duty might jump over to the Halo team and start helping out in the multiplayer because they have experience with it. Obviously, they make a good product. Same thing for a lot of people who work for Warcraft or something. They may move to different teams to help finish or speed up the release of some uh, Xbox exclusives because, again, Microsoft has all the people now. And that said, I think that is everything we have to talk about. So I'll leave you for the traditional outro. Yeah, you can find me at Mindhead1 on Twitter. Uh, where can people find you? Payback Jordan.
Yeah, and for any you know for all of these upcoming articles and all this new content, just say hello to our new writers, just to kind of see their style. You can go to our website at onmicrosoft.com, or you can visit visit us at Twitter to get you know little snippets of information uh, at on Microsoft as well. Uh, like I said, for those of you interested in gaming news, go visit our Pinterest. Uh, we have a writer over there uh, who main who curates a lot of that. He's really big into gaming. Uh, he'll be you know taking all that information over there if you guys want to check that out. Uh, we do have our podcast, which is here on uh, YouTube, uh, if you guys are watching. For those of you listening, obviously, you can get us on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, SoundCloud, I believe, all the places. And I think that's it. I'll, you know, We're just kind of trying to build out our social media uh, presence, so there will be presence on uh, Instagram as well. So we are all over the place if you want more on Microsoft. And if you'd like to join us, you could join us. Who knows? You might be end up, end up on the podcast. We always have our writers on the podcast. If you feel like you're talented enough to join on Microsoft, you could visit our site and click the Join Our Team link, uh, fill out your application, tell us about your experience and links to your work, and our editor-in-chief will get in touch with you. Yeah, and also feel free to email some of us if you, uh, even if you you know, art, writing isn't your forte, but you do have an expertise in, I don't know, developing games or writing uh, code for operating systems or cloud development or servers, anything like that. We would love to have you in the podcast. We are uh, constantly filling out our guest schedule. And, you know, who knows, uh, you know, uh, someone who's listened to us for this long, you could be on here talking about stuff as well. All right. And that said, uh, thanks, everyone, for watching us and see you again soon. Same place, same time. Yeah. Stay healthy and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.